0: Oh, excuse me. I'm a little hoarse today. Um, man, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad you came to be a part of a Harvest Christian Fellowship online. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I apologize for that. I've um, been talking about, been talking about. Um, unity and what is unity in the body and as we look at things and as we uh begin to to dive in we've we've seen that unity is something that is desperate for the body of Christ and I'm not talking about just Harvest Christian Fellowship I'm talking about the global body of Christ um I, um I, I I have to admit that I've been a saddened over this is why this uh series came out uh and, and i know this is something that a lot of churches preach in their individual churches but i'm hoping this reaches the greater in the global body is uh, because i've seen that's what happened at, uh, over facebook the last little bit is how so many people are falling into these categories and they're judging others based on whether they have service or whether we're doing live streaming and all this stuff and folks um, I think it's a sad commentary on the body as a whole um, and I, that was that's why I've been ministering this over the last few weeks is to talk about and discuss we need each other we're all in this thing together and uh, the world and those who have yet to be awakened to this great salvation that's provided they're looking at us. And I wonder sometimes, what are they seeing out of us? Um, so I began to think a little bit, uh, how many of you remember the Three Musketeers? Uh, Probably some of the most famous movies that's come out, uh, books and and, and all the stories and and everything. Man, I can remember when I was a kid hearing the story of the three musketeers. I remember seeing some of the old movies and and it would excite me and I'd get all fired up and I would immediately stand up and I would be one of the musketeers, you know, and I'd go outside to play or I'd go through the house or, or whatever it is. And what happens is I immediately became a musketeer. And my goal was to protect the king at all costs. And no matter what i faced, I know that in my efforts to protect the kingdom, that I would have the others with me, no matter what struggle, no matter what the fight, they would be there to help me because we're in this together. Um, problem was, my brother is about six years younger than me. Well, actually, he is six years younger than me. And at the time, he didn't quite understand the game. And um, this situation made it a little bit harder to play the way I wanted to play. it's really hard to be the three musketeers when you're one kid with a stick and a towel cape around your neck held with a safety pin in the front. Whose idea that was? I'll have never have any idea, but I was one kid with a stick and a towel cape with pinned with a safety pin at the front of my neck. And, uh, and, and, and when you're that kid, the phrase all for one and one for all kind of loses its meaning when there's only one voice. Folks, we are one body. We've got to draw from each other. And that's what I want to talk about today is I want us to realize that it doesn't matter what denomination we are. It doesn't matter what body of Christ we're tied to. It doesn't matter if we're in a home group or we're in a, 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 a traditional setting. We are one body and we need to draw from each other. And it really is, or it really should be, all for one and one for all. And by this, it's our one purpose, and it is we stick together, that we not be divided. Let's go and read the, the scripture we've read every week um, for the last three weeks. <coughs> Again, excuse me. Uh, Psalms 133 says this in verse 1, and I'm reading now the Passion. How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living in sweet unity. It is as precious as the sacred-scented oil, that anointing oil, flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron and dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to his priestly robes. Verse 3, this heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. Now here's here's the here's the important thing. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. So where is the blessing? Where is that anointing released from? It's released in unity. It's released. When there's no division, it's released when there's no separation. We know that there's no separation between us and God, but sometimes we're so separated from the other parts of the body that we wonder why we're not seeing the powerful things. You know, the word unity is defined by Webster as this. To put together or to join two or more things which make one compound or mixture. You see, what unity is, is when this person and this person, they come together and we make one compound. Well, what happens is, is we've got the body, we've got a church here, we've got a church here, a group here, a group here, or whatever. But the thing is, if we really want unity, then we've got to come together and realize that no matter how we see things, no matter what we believe about things, that we are still together. All for one and one for all. Now, that's unity. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that's unity. Now, on the contrast to unity is the word separate or separation. Um, the word separate means divided from the rest, being parted from one another, disjointed or disconnected, Excuse me one second. We'll get coffee going, see if that helps. So separate, divided from the rest, being parted from one another, disjoined, disconnected. It's used of things that have been united or have been previously connected. It means to disunite, to divide, to sever, to part in almost any manner either things natural or causal or casually naturally or casually joined it means to withdraw oh man listen to this separate means to withdraw from one another and i think that has become the state of the global body of christ um i think we've withdrawn I think we we have withdrawn from each other and we live more inseparate now you know and if we ever want to be effective if we ever want to really believe that that God is going to do something great then it's going to have to be when the body of Christ unites not just loving each other because we have to but because it is our greatest thrill to see the other person or even the other church succeed. And we just want to be with our family. I tell people all the time, we'll never see everything eye to eye. We're never going to agree completely. But if we want to see this anointing oil or this blessing that is released, it's going to come when we come together. When we work together, when we stop being offended or looking for an opportunity to be offended with each other, God doesn't want us to live in that kind of place. You know, it reminds me when Israel was divided. There was a time when even God's people was divided, they were broken up into two different kingdoms. You had the kingdom of Israel, <coughs> excuse me, and they had their own king, and then you had the kingdom of Judah. And they had their own king. And, and, and even though they were one body, they stood separate from each other for a period. Folks, we can never be fully effective being separated. And, and so with that thought in mind, think of Israel divided into two separate kingdoms. You've got the kingdom of Judah, the kingdom of Israel. Now, go if you will, and if you've got your Bible, look. If not, I'm reading out of the NIV second kings chapter three verses six through 2 kings chapter three verses six through eight <coughs> it reads it says so at the time king jehoram or joram uh set out from samaria and mobilized all of israel now you got to understand king joram was not always good man the bible even says that he even did things that was evil in the sight of god you say well why are you telling us that because you need to understand that about this man before we read the rest of the scriptures. And so the time came that he set out from Samaria. He mobilized all of Israel. Now, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. And he also sent this message to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, his sister kingdom. You know, we have sister churches and you know, sister things and sister that. So he sent message to his sister kingdom, to jehoshaphat and this is his message the king of moab has rebelled against me so another kingdom has come up against israel at this point and so he reaches out to his sister kingdom judah has rebelled against me and listen at the question will you go with me to fight against moab and here is Jehoshaphat's reply. I will go with you. I am as you are. My people as your people. And my horses as your horses. And then he asks, by what route shall we attack? And he, and he, and he answered, through the desert of Edom. Now again, King Joram was a a, a good man and he wasn't always good to Jehoshaphat. Um, But yet what's interesting to me here when I look at this is you have these two sister kingdoms who don't always get along. They don't always see things eye to eye. But when there was a common enemy, they decided to come together. And Jehoshaphat said, I don't care how you've treated us, I don't care what kind of man you are, I don't care what even the things you've been doing, I am as you are. He he said, we're part of the same family, we're chosen by God. Now just imagine, if the body of Christ, the church, would do this. We would get past the differences and realize that we're one of the same family. It's no longer, well, I don't like what they believe or I don't agree with what they believe and I would never do it that way or I can't handle that or I can't believe that. That's okay. I'm not talking about our theology. We're all going to have things we believe differently. That's okay. But we still have to remember we are one body. We are one nation, we are the body of Christ. And when we're separated, that anointing that, that Psalms 133 says, that anointing is gone. He says that he releases the blessing in sweet harmony. He refreshes us. And so we need to be, we need to be like Jehoshaphat. We need to look at the people in this church or other churches and every or wherever and we need to answer the way Jehoshaphat answered I'll go with you I am joined with you there's no difference between you and me your problems are my problems my good things are your good things and I will love you unconditionally and I will not say or let anything be said bad against you you and I are one I will fight for you. Can you imagine what the body of Christ could accomplish if this was our mentality? Jehoshaphat was willing to overlook everything about Joram, his person, his personality, to realize you're a sister kingdom. I am as you are. Your people are my people. My horses are your horses. Your problems are my problems your good things are my, my good things are your good things. And see folks, when we can come together like this and we can start, when we are determined to walk in love no matter what, and where love reigns every area of our life, and not just at church, but, we, but every day of our life, that we walk and we look at humanity and say, God so loved the world that he gave his son and, 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 and took care of the sin problem so they're part of me anyhow. They just don't know it yet. They've not awakened to it yet. Nobody's told them the good news that God is ready to do something great in their life. Folks, we got to come together. We're not individual bodies of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And this has been in my heart for several weeks now um matter of fact I I pretty much have quit looking at a lot of things on Facebook um somebody put the other day said you know the, the biggest thing about what's happening in 2020 is this virus that's going on and the second thing was how the church treated each other on Facebook we're better than this folks and I don't care if we agree, and I don't care if we believe the same, you're still part of me and I'm part of you. We are the community, we are the body, we're not separated. But what does unity really accomplish? And this is one thing I wanna look at for the ne- just the next few minutes, probably the shortest message you're gonna get out of me in all this. What does unity actually accomplish? Because it's a lot of good words. If you will and you got a Bible, if not, I'm reading out of the NIV again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Starting at verse 11, I'm going to read to verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11 through 14. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. Regardless of their division, no matter who had this job and who had that job, no matter who was doing this or who was teaching that, no matter what they were doing, they all got themselves together and they prepared themselves for a move of God. Verse 12. And the Levites, who were musicians... Asaph, Haman, Jeduthun, and the sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar dressed in fine linen playing cymbals and harps and lyres and they were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. Verse 13, the trumpeters and the singers joined and now listen to this. The trumpeters and the singers joined in unison. As with one voice, what happened? They decided to come together. They decided to not be separate, but be united. And so they came together in unison as with one voice. To give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and they sang a single song. It's funny how we think that our theology is the song of the body of Christ our theology is not the song the song is the same as it was here and they praise the Lord and saying he is good his love endures forever imagine if the church Regardless of what we believe on little petty issues and, and little things of this and that, what if our one voice, what if our one thing began to sing out in one voice, The Lord, He is good, and His love endures forever. The Lord, He is good, and His love endures. What if that was the cry throughout all the nation, The Lord, not are they? taking away our rights, not are they doing this, not are they preaching that, not are they preaching that. What if the only thing the world ever heard from the body of Christ is the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The Lord is good and his love endures forever. This is the unified song of the priests. What happens next is the result of this kind of unity. It says, then the temple of the Lord was filled, (laughs) then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priest could not perform their religious duties. (laughs) The priests could not perform their service because of the manifest, because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Why? Because 120 priests said, I don't care if I'm just a trumpet blower. Because all the other priests said, I don't care who's the singer, who's the harp player. I don't care. We're all going to make the same sound. And the same sound is the Lord is good and his love endures forever. <laughs> I hear people say all the time, we want a move of God that is so undeniable. Well, what if the next move of God that is so undeniable happens when the church begins to unify over this common factor is that the Lord is good and his love endures forever. We don't unify over our beliefs. You can't even do that in your own household. It is, comes down to simply just our undying love for each other, our willingness to stand with each other, and our common love for a father that has poured his great Grace out upon this entire universe, the cosmos. And then the glory cloud falls because the one voice that is heard is the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his love whoosh, mm, endures forever what they do they came ready for a move of god they expected a move of god they didn't come out to the temple that day and say eh let's just see if this works they made themselves ready they weren't worried about their jobs they weren't worried about their homes they weren't worried about their congregation they weren't worried about their offerings they weren't worried about their offenses they weren't worried about their hang ups None of that was on their mind. All they came to do was see God move. And God moved when they became unified in their praise. And they sang out with one voice, the Lord, he is good. And his love endures forever. (laughs) Folks, if we're going to see this in our churches... I believe we have to let everything else go. We're all going to have different beliefs. But I believe this is the one thing we can all come together on. The Lord is good. And he will never, never, ever stop loving. You, me, the one on the street, the one down the road, the one on the other side of the world, they can't do anything bad enough to make him stop loving them. Why? Because 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. It's who he is. It's not what he does. So if we're gonna be the body of Christ, and we know Christ is God, if we're gonna be the body, then we're gonna have to be love, not do love, not try to love, but it's just love who we are. And I believe if we can come together with this kind of mindset, I believe that there is anointing that will fall. It's going to be in that unity where that that, that oil just falls down and runs all down the priestly beard, all down the foot. And, And it's in that place of sweet harmony where God will release the blessings. Maybe we don't have because we don't act. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. Don't you, and I'm reading now the passion translation for this. Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. Now, King James version says, it. you know, that don't you realize that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God makes His home in you. See, here's the thing. That first you, when you get down to the original language of it, is plural. The second you is individual. So I like how the the Passion actually translates it correctly here. It says, don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary. God's temple rests in our unity. And that the Spirit of God makes his home permanent, his permanent home in us individually. So he's at home in us, but his temple is in us together. So we see here there is indeed an individual. A, a relationship with God but there's also a corporate relationship with God and I don't mean a corporate as in just Harvest Christian Fellowship I mean Harvest Christian Fellowship and the church across the road and the church down the road and the church where you're sitting in right now or the church you're getting ready to attend gonna tell you, you live in the greatest time ever, you can go to church all day long today you can listen to this message, a few minutes later go listen to somebody else's a few hours later go listen to somebody else's and guess what, we're all part of the same body And we're all needed. But what y'all don't always preach like or agree like, that's okay. We're still needed. Because our one voice is the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. Go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. I'm reading out the Passion again. (coughs) Excuse me. In Matthew 18, 18, from the Passion, he says, Receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered released in heaven. And again, I give you the eternal truth. If two of you agree and ask for something in a symphony of prayer, I love that. What is that? That's unity. That's unity. That's one voice. He says, where two of you agree and ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it. So when does he do it? When there's unity. Verse 20, and we always use this scripture to say, well, you know, we're two or three. It it becomes an excuse because our services isn't big. (laughs) Has nothing to do with our gathering size. It has everything to do with our unity. For wherever two or three come together, come together, unity. In honor of my name, what this happens? He says, I am right there with them. Imagine if the global body of Christ would come together with one voice. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. And then all of a sudden, he himself, not just he that's in us, but he that comes in and joins us. See, the more unity that we can accomplish, the greater the impact we'll have on our society. If we're going to be separated, we're not going to have an impact. We'll have a small impact in this community, a small impact in that community, a small impact on this street, a small impact on that street. But if the body would come together. Two more examples, and I'm gonna let you go. Thank you for hanging with me here this long. Acts chapter two, verse 43 through 47 from the Passion. It says a deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared (coughs) excuse me And they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, now get this, daily they met together in the temple courts. So they went to church together. And in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. And they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all people. Well, maybe if we want to enjoy the favor of all people, we need to come together like this. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. So what happens? The body grew when the body decided to unify. Lastly, Acts chapter 4, verse, um, starting in verse 23, Peter and John were imprisoned. And went, we pick it up in verse 23. And as soon as they were released, Peter and John went to other believers and they explained. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that was weird. They explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. And when the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. So what they do? They faced an enemy and then they went back to the people they were unified with. Sad that that becomes one body and not the entire body. And they prayed in unity with one voice, Lord Yahweh, You are the Lord of all, you created the universe, the earth, the sky, and the sea, and everything that is in them. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They continue their prayer, and then we pick it up in verse 31 of Acts 4. At that moment, see what happens? They unified prayer. They came together in unity, all for one, one for all they were sharing things with each other they were doing all this stuff and in verse 31 at that moment when they were praying the earth shook beneath them causing the building they were in to tremble each one of them were, was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed, proclaimed God's Word with unrestrained boldness verse 32 all of the believers were one mind and one heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they had with one another. All for one, one for all. We need each other. We need these other churches. We need, I need the Harvest family, I need you in this building. I need what you bring, I draw from you. We need to draw from others. We're not gonna see everything eye to eye. We have to be okay with that. But we need each other, amen? Let me pray for you real quick and then we're gonna say some announcements. Well, let's just do the announcements first. I know I caught everybody going. <laughs> just some quick announcements. Thank you for all who have been continuing to give your sewing. Uh, you're, you're helping, we still have to maintain the bills, we still have to maintain electricity and all these other things. Thank you for you giving. If you want to know how to give, there are a few different ways. You can go to hcfcambridge.com. That is the church website. There you can download messages as well if these messages have been a blessing to you. <coughs> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Um, also, if you're watching on, online, there's a, a QR code. You can scan that with your phone, it should be on the screen now. If you scan that, that will take you to our secure online giving page. Um, there's also, if you want to type it into your uh, web browser, it's bit.ly backslash givehcf. That will take you to our online giving page. And if you're not comfortable with online giving, you can always mail your tithes and offerings to the church at 6060 Glen Highway, Cambridge, Ohio, 43725. And we'll try to get, we'll take care of that. So again, thank you for giving and please continue your support as we continue um, doing the live streams. A huge announcement. William Paul Young, the author of The Shack, was supposed to be with us on April the 26th. Um, we have talked and we've, been, we've communicated, and so that has been rescheduled due to all the travel bans, travel bans, all the stay-at-home orders and all this stuff that's going on. We've rescheduled William Paul Young. <coughs> he will be here at Harvest for two services on October the 11th. He'll be here for 10 a.m. and for 6 a.m. I know there's a 6 p.m., not 6 a.m. 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. I know there's a lot of people who is, are who have already made reservations. Um, you still should have enough time to cancel your hotel reservations. And go ahead and schedule October the 11th at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Now, at 6 p.m., our friend and and. and Partner in ministry and and son and friend and buddy and uh, worship leader extraordinaire Tim Wright will be with us um, leading worship for the 6 p.m. service that day. So you'll want to make plans for that. Again, that is William Paul Young on October the 11th. Some other special things that we're doing. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Um, t- Tuesday from 12 until two, we will have drive through prayer. We have a pass through at the church, uh, right outside the front door. If you have a prayer need, if you just want somebody to agree with you, if you want to see mine and D smiling faces, I encourage you come out last week. We did this was able to pray for a few people, heard some great testimonies of financial miracles, that has happened uh through in the midst of all this chaos and uh i'll be honest with you one of my favorite parts a couple of our church members drove up here and they said well we don't need prayer but we want to pray for you and so they prayed for d and i and so it goes both ways we'll pray for each other so that is we're going to do this every tuesday until we're able to meet again okay um So Tuesday from 12 until 2. Now a very special thing is going to happen again on Tuesday. Tuesday evening from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m. We're going to have drive-through prayer for health care workers, first responders, police. I've already talked to some of the local sheriffs and state police and told them, we want to pray for them. They're out here and they're facing all this stuff. And so we picked 6 to 8. So the nurses and the therapists and everybody that's going to work um, been, everybody's been working from 6 to uh, from 7 to 7 usually so we want to get them uh, time for those who are coming off work at 7 uh, we'll be here till 8 and for those who are going into work uh, at 7 we'll be here at 6 and so we want to pray uh, from 6 to 8 and if you can't come out for that join us at home praying for your health care workers, praying for our first responders, and that is this Tuesday from 6 to 8. It's already being passed around at the hospital, and we're getting word that some people are real excited about this. And so it's just something that did and I want to do uh, just to continue to bless uh, those people who are continuing having to be out during all this process. And then lastly... Uh, <coughs> Excuse me again. Lastly, uh, Wednesday nights, join us at six p.m. on live on Facebook Live uh, and YouTube. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a moment. Uh, for our class, having confidence in the kingdom, one of our uh, ministers here in the church, Dr. Ted Davis is teaching that class and he did a great job for us last week. It was well received and uh, I think you'll learn some things and I think it'll settle you in some things and, and especially during time when it seems, like, it seems like everything's chaotic. We have a confidence that cannot be shaken and it is in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So Wednesday at 6 p.m. is the live stream having confidence in the kingdom. I also want to let you know, if you're watching this and you're on Facebook and you know people who don't have Facebook, they can now view us live and view uh, past recordings of, of, this message, of these messages on YouTube. We stream YouTube live now as well. All you have to do is look up HCF space, Cambridge, HCF Cambridge, and that will take you to the church's YouTube page where our live streams are happening past messages are seen. If you want to check up on those, hit su- subscribe and you'll be notified when we go live or when we post a video. So all kinds of ways to get involved, all kinds of stuff happening. You guys ready to pray? I love and appreciate you. Now don't forget, during this stay-at-home order that, that Governor uh, DeWine has put in place, we have decided that we will honor that. It has nothing to do with fear It has nothing to do with being afraid. It is us honoring the decision our leaders are making. I know they say that churches can still gather, but you know, if we take chances, it's for healthcare workers, it's for first. So it, to me, this is just a thing of honor. And I wanna honor the work that they're doing. And uh, we're continuing folks. Harvest House is ministering daily. If you have a need, you can get a hold of Harvest House. These numbers have been on your screen all throughout the broadcast. So again, I hope you're ready because God has got something great in store for you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity that we have had to be together during this time for everyone who has watched us, for everyone who's sharing it, for everyone who is going to watch it in the future. This virus did not take you by surprise. You are not shocked and you have a plan. It is a plan for us to prosper. It is a plan for our good. And we give you praise for that, Lord. And you are changing us into your image daily. We see it more. It's not that we're changing into your image. We just see your image in us more every day. <coughs> so I thank you and I praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And as we always say... Don't forget, you're blessed whether you like it or not, so you may as well enjoy it. Have a great week. We will see you Wednesday night for having confidence in the kingdom. Be blessed, guys.